0: Johnson, Madam Clerk, could you please read item number one?
1: Item one, hearing to consider the premise-to-premise transfer of a Type 48 on-sale general public premises liquor license from 1525 Mission Street to 1525 Mission Street for expansion of public occupancy into adjacent portion of the building to Mark E. Rennie for ZFC Concepts doing business as loan Squared will serve the public convenience or necessity of the people of the city and county of San Francisco?
0: Thank you, Madam Clerk. Inspector, do you have a report for us?
2: I do. Good morning. The applicant is seeking a premise expansion type 48 on sale general for public premise license at 1525 Mission Street located between 11th Street and Lafayette Street. Hours of operation are daily. 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. Currently, the front of this business was licensed by the ABC as a Type 48. The owner has expanded his business to the rear of 1525 Mission Street. The purpose of this hearing is to determine if the expanded portion of the premise will be licensed as part of the ABC Type 48. Letters of protest, four. Letters of support, no record. Police calls for service from August 2010 to August 2011, 19. Police reports during that same time period, six. There's no opposition from Southern Station. Premises is located in a high crime area. Premises is located in undue concentration. The ALU recommends approval with conditions. The current conditions existing shall remain and be transferred to the new license with additional conditions as follows. Between the hours of 10 p.m. and until one-half-hour past closing, the license shall provide security personnel. The number of security personnel shall be sufficient to maintain order therein and prevent any activity which would interfere with the quiet enjoyment of their property by nearby residents. Said personnel shall be readily identifiable as security personnel. In addition, security personnel shall make frequent visits to areas, including parking lots, to ensure patrons from the premises do not disturb the peace and quiet and comfort of persons in the neighborhood. 2. The petitioner shall utilize electronic surveillance and recording equipment that is able to view all exits and entrance points of the exterior of the premises. The electronic surveillance recording shall be operational at all times in the premises that the premises is open to the public. Said electronic recording shall be maintained for no less than 72 hours and shall be made available to the department or the police department upon demand. Three, any doors or windows that opened to ministry shall be kept closed at all times during operations of the premises and shall not be used as an entrance or exit for patrons. Said doors or windows shall be used for emergencies or to or to permit deliveries only, said doors not to consist solely of the screen or ventilated security door. Thank you.
0: Thank you, members of the public here to speak. We'll give each member of the public two
3: minutes. Yes, um, Chair uh, Ellsburn, commissioners. My name is Mark Rennie. I'm here today with uh, Dane Zucaro, who is the head, or he's the managing member of uh, ZFC LL ZFC Concepts LLC. Excuse me. Um, We have uh, had extensive conversations with the ALU, Mr. Stocker. Uh, There have been uh, no less than 10 neighborhood meetings, uh, mostly with the Lafayette Minna Neighborhood Association, um, which is primarily residences located on Minna Street and Lafayette Street directly behind these premises, which go from Mission back to Minna Street. Uh, to put this in a little context, this, is, this location is directly across from the Goodwill Industries, on, on be, which starts on the corner of Mission and Van Ness and sort of runs back a ways to 11th. Um, it's a great little, it used to be a great little bar. Uh, they've been successful. They're now expanding from 2,000 feet to 5,000 feet. Um, this will uh, create 15 new jobs. They have been operating for some time on a a series of temporary licenses that have been issued by the ABC. There have been no problems with the neighborhood. Uh, They brought in a sound attenuation expert who's pretty much buttoned up the sound so nobody can hear it, and I think the neighbors are happy. Uh, I'm not sure if we have anybody here today from the neighborhood, but um, the the conditions, the 14 conditions enumerated by Inspector Lazar are fine with us, and uh, we're here to answer any questions that you might have.
0: Seeing no questions from my colleagues, thank you. Uh, Are there any other members of the public who wish to comment on this item? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Colleagues, can we move this item forward with recommendation with the attached conditions?
4: Just a quick question. Sure. A question to our inspectors. With regards to the police calls for services, there were 19 calls in uh, the span of one year. And I'm just wondering, based on what those calls were for, do you believe that those additional conditions, the three additional conditions, address some of those issues?
2: those three additional conditions with the current conditions we do feel those are sufficient
4: okay so i will actually uh, i think there's one typo so i would correct it on the conditions with approvals on item one it says between the house it should be between the hours so we'll make that um, adjustment and then i'll move that the item with the conditions
2: thank you
0: without objection okay that'll be the order thank you madam clerk can you please read item number two
1: Item 2, hearing to consider that the issuance of a Type 42 on-sale beer and wine public premises license <coughs> to Euphoria Hospitality for the lobby bar located at 835 Hyde Street, the Knob Hill Hotel, will serve the convenience and necessity of the people of the city and county of San Francisco.
0: Inspector
2: the applicant has applied for an original type 42 on sale beer and wine for public premises license for 835 Hyde Street located between Bush Street and Sutter Street. Hours of operation daily are 4 p.m. to 2 a.m. Five, eight, 835 Hyde Street is the Knob Hill Hotel. The type 42 license would be for beer and wine in bar inside the lobby hotel. The bar only can be accessed through the hotel lobby and would not have any street access. Letters of support, no record. Letters of protest, no record. Police calls for service from October 2010 to October 2011, 18. Police reports during that same time period, three. There's no opposition from Central Station. The premises is high cri- in a high crime area and the premises is located in undue concentration. The ALU recommends approval with conditions as follows. Number one, sales, service and consumption of alcohol beverages shall be permitted only between the hours of 4 p.m. and 2 a.m. daily. Two, no noise shall be audible beyond the area of control of the licensee as defined in the ABC 257. Three, the interior lighting maintained therein shall be sufficient to make easily discernible the appearance and conduct of all persons and patrons in the portion of the premises where alcohol beverages are sold, served, delivered, or consumed. Four, the petitioner shall not make any structural changes in the premise interior without prior written approval from the department. Five, the sale of alcoholic beverages for off sale is strictly prohibited. Six, there shall be no exterior, excuse me, advertising or signs of any kind or type, including advertising directed to the interior from within, promoting or indicating the availability of alcoholic beverages, the interior displays of alcoholic beverages or signs which are clearly visible to the exterior shall constitute a violation of this condition. Thank you.
0: The one thing that came Excuse me, sorry. Should remind everybody, two supervisors have had their phones go off, so let us not be an Sorry example to that. you. Sorry. Um, one thing looking at this location, uh, we have the new um, live audio or live music venue two blocks up the hill at Knob Hill Masonic Auditorium. Um, now active in a way that it hasn't been active for a few years. Um, I assume these conditions address any potential concerns you might have with the relationship there.
2: I would have to check with um, Inspector Stalker at the office, but I believe so.
0: Okay. Uh, Are there any members of the public uh, who would like to testify on this one? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Any additional questions or comments from colleagues?
4: No, I'll move the item with the recommended uh, actions.
0: With the recommended conditions, we will move this item forward with recommendation. That will be the order. Thank you, Madam Clerk, and thank you. Thank you. Uh, Item number three, Madam
1: Clerk. Item three, resolution authorizing the Department of Public Health to retroactively accept and expend a grant in the amount of $815,358 from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to participate in a program entitled San Francisco Health and All Policies, Transforming Places, Empowering People for the period of September 30, 2011 through September 29, Good morning, Supervisors. I'm Patricia Irwin with the Department of Public Health, and I would like to respectfully request your approval to accept and expend this grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention of the Department of Health and Human Services. The amount for the first year of the grant is $815,358, and we expect the same amount in the next four years. The focus is to integrate strategies to achieve the long-term objectives of reducing the health impacts of tobacco use, obesity, heart disease, and stroke. We will partner with various city agencies and community-based organizations in the implementation of this grant, and I'm happy to answer any questions you may have.
4: Thank you very much. Uh, why don't we go to public comment on this item if there's no questions at this time. Are there members of the public who wish to speak on item number three?
5: Uh, good morning, Supervisors. My name is uh, Douglas Yepp, and I've lived in San Francisco for 60 years. Uh, I would like to speak in favor of this resolution. I think this is money that's going to be well spent especially since the previous speaker mentioned that it would be for four more years. So uh, we're talking some big money here rather than just a one-year item. Since we're talking big money, I would like to say my usual uh, statement about the Department of Public Health. From my experience at San Francisco General Hospital for 20 years, uh, we have to closely monitor the spending to make sure that, as little money as possible is wasted on uh, waste and inefficiencies. Uh, I would also like to uh, make a statement whether how much of that money that's being discussed here will actually be used for services to the recipients and how much uh, would be used for so-called administrative costs. Uh, listening to the previous speaker, I got the uh, superficial impression that since this is going to be between different uh, administrative uh, bodies, that maybe the money is going to be spent mainly for administration rather than services. So I would like to uh, propose uh, a discussion on how much money is actually supposed to be used for services to the end recipients rather than just for uh, administrative costs and I would expect that as the program goes forward in the future years that more and more money be spent on the recipients rather than on administrative costs. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Are there other members of the public who wish to speak on item number three? Seeing none, public comment is closed. Just a question for the department. Is this the first year of this uh, grant? Yes, this is the first 24. year. Okay. Great. So we have heard public comment. Uh, Colleagues, can we actually move this item forward with recommendation? We've got a motion and we'll do that without objection. Thank you. Item number four, please. Item
1: four, resolution authorizing the Department of Public Health to retroactively accept and expend a grant in the amount of $137,933 from the Public Health Foundation Enterprises Incorporated to participate in a program entitled Viral Hepatitis Surveillance in the City and County of San Francisco for the period of January 1, 2012 through October 31,
4: 2012 and waiving indirect cost. Thank you very much. We have a representative from DPH.
6: Hello, Um, my name is Melissa Sanchez. I'm the Project Director for our Chronic Hepatitis Viral Surveillance Project and I'm here to formally request Perhaps speak more. Sorry, more. Thank you. <laughs> I'm new to this. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm formally here to to see if then we can have this accepted and expended the funding okay. for the if, project.
4: If you could perhaps just for the benefit of the public, um, if just explain the grant a little bit and, yes. and what we will do with it. Yes, this.
6: Um, within Communicable Disease Control Unit, we have been maintaining for the past six years a chronic hepatitis uh, surveillance registry of all those positive lab tests that come in annually um, for chronic hepatitis B and C. Um, That past funding has been through the CDC via Public Health Foundation Enterprises. We're a subcontractor for that grant. And they are putting out a new funding opportunity announcement later this year, but in the meantime, this is a one-time grant over a 10-month period from January through October 31st of this year to ensure that the funding continues so that we can continue to maintain the registry until that CDC FOA comes out later this summer.
4: Hey Grant, Why don't we open this item up for public comment. Are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item number four?
5: Uh, good morning, Supervisors. My name is uh, Douglas Yap. Uh, I would like to speak in favor of this resolution. Since uh, the amount of money is uh, less than the previous item, then it becomes even more important that the Department of Public Health not waste any of it since it's for a laudable project. Also, I would like to uh, ask whether uh, San Francisco General Hospital would be receiving any of this money since it's uh, been involved in related work in the past. And also, I would like to know how much of this money is going to be used for the end recipients compared to administrative costs. And also in this item, it mentions waiving indirect costs. Uh, Since I'm not an expert in this area, I don't really know what indirect costs mean, so I would kind of want to maybe have a small discussion of what does that mean and whether uh, indirect costs is a sizable item or not. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Any other members of the public who wish to speak on this item number four? Seeing none, public comment is closed. And just in answer to the public comment uh, in terms of indirect costs, it looks like from the grant application, this budget does not include any indirect costs in it. So, colleagues, we have heard public comment on this item. Do we have a motion? Okay, we have a motion to send this item forward with recommendation, and we could do that without objection. Thank you uh... item number five will call but i would like to when we call it i'd like to wait a bit this the sponsor of this is supervisor alice burn
1: item five hearing on the san francisco municipal transportation agency transit priorities including funding for existing programs and proposed projects as well as proposals for new spending and addressing the agency's policy on the use of one-time funds for new pilot projects given lack of funding for other important programmatic needs such as the transit effectiveness project?
4: Thank you very much. Why don't we just wait a few minutes and allow Supervisor Alice to return.
0: Really sorry about that, Ed. Did you begin? Not yet. I did. Okay. So uh, let me just say a couple things. Uh, First, uh, thank you, Ed. I know this is not the committee you would typically come and appear before to talk about budget, uh, a little out of the ordinary. Um, But uh, knowing that we're facing a two year budget, a big discussion, a lot of issues out there, I just wanted to give. You the opportunity to present to two members of the board who are not on the Budget Committee. Of course we have the Budget Chair, give members of the public another opportunity to hear uh, what's in your head, other members of the public a chance to testify, um, and just have as a robust a conversation as we possibly can as you um, get ready to present to the city, uh, to the board, your uh, your two-year budget. So with that,
7: go forward, Ed. Thank you. Good morning, uh, Chairperson Ellsburn, members of the committee, Ed Riskin, Director of Transportation. And I I think it's wholly fitting that we uh, come to the Committee on Neighborhood Services because obviously the transportation services provided by the MTA are very much neighborhood services. So we welcome the opportunity for kind of an early glimpse at what we're looking at. I think we're scheduled to first come to the Budget Committee on April 18th. Um, Between now and then, we will be having some town hall meetings around the city and during the month of march we'll be holding our first hearing on proposed fees fines and fares on march 6th and then considering the budget at the mta board first on april 3rd and then if needed on april 17th so i think the timing on this is good to to give an early glimpse and try to stimulate some of that robust conversation i do have a, a PowerPoint that I will walk through and then look forward to any questions that any of you have. I'm going to uh, first talk about the operating budget uh, the, on the expenditure and the revenue side and then talk about the capital budget. Uh, we've brought this all to the MTA board in a very preliminary fashion, um, so I'm more or less bringing to you uh, what I've shared with them as well. So, first, on the, the revenue side, here's what the, the picture looks like in terms of baseline. Uh, the, the main, I guess, kind of message here is that if you look at our funding overall, we're about a quarter general fund, a quarter transit fares, about a third uh, from parking, and, and then the rest from, from grants and other miscellany. We don't really expect that to change much. We're at, at about $800 million on the revenue side. Nothing. That this is the baseline. So this is really more or less just continuing forward uh, what we have now, and uh, to the extent that there changes just through indexing. And I I do have a slide later that will show that. Could you just remind us again what's the formula that produces your
0: general fund allotment? How does it?
7: (laughs) Do do you know that there's there's two pieces? We we get a set aside, and then we get. uh, 80% of the parking tax or an in-lieu payment um, of 80% of the parking tax, the 25% tax on parking. Thank you.
4: And then, Ed, just a question in terms of the projections for the next year. Does this include the revenue news that we've recently had with the six-month?
7: this includes uh, what we know uh, from the sixth month at this point in time. Once the joint report comes out, uh, we expect things to turn a little bit more favorably. So it's, you know, the sixth month just um, had a kind of a modest change that would add, I think, it's either 10 or $13 million to our fund balance at the end of this fiscal year. But we'll make an adjustment, uh, a more a complete adjustment after the joint report comes out. Thank you. So then on the expenditure side, um, this is not just the baseline. Um, What this uh, reflects on this slide is, uh, first of all, taking the baseline forward, um, which, as as you can imagine, as with all the other city agencies, saw saw expenditures growing much faster than the revenue growth. Um, Then uh, includes a bunch of proposed cuts um, that we've already uh, put in place in terms of the calculations here, cuts in uh, management, cuts in overtime. That's actual overtime, not budgeted overtime. We're actually um, proposing to increase the overtime budget but reduce the overtime expenditure to kind of right-size the overtime budget in the first year and then reduce it further in the second year. Uh, Some anticipated reductions in workers' comp and and then some other miscellaneous cuts, including uh, some cuts to the equipment budget but what I've also done here is included uh, some i guess r- relatively modest investments that I think need to be made to properly fund the level of service that we're expected to provide, and those additions are primarily um, in the areas of maintenance uh we we have as in the past years as our revenue growth has failed to keep up with our expenditure growth, and we have not significantly cut service. What we've done is we've cut maintenance. We've frozen the hiring of maintenance positions of the people who clean the vehicles, of the people who provide the training and supervision for the operators, Um, so we've been somewhat shortchanging the system um, in order to keep service on the street, Um, but that lack of funding is what Yields um, open runs and vehicles that are not properly maintained and that are breaking down and that adversely impact our service. So, what I'm proposing here, after taking cuts out of the baseline, is putting new additions into the baseline to properly, um, if not fully, fund uh, maintenance and other ancillary functions, uh, including safety staff, including enhanced fare inspection, and more fully staffing the crossing guard program.
4: Just one second. Supervisor Loughy. Uh
7: Supervisor Ellsburn had um, to leave uh,
1: for personal reasons, and, and because he, held, he called for this hearing, I would like us to consider continuing this until he can be present for this discussion,
7: since it was at his request. Sure, it's okay with me.
4: Thank you, Supervisor Olagi, for that suggestion. I know that there's a number of different items. We do have the presentation now as part of the public record, and so that's something that uh, we can take a look at. But I think it might make sense to have Supervisor Ellsburn here when we are are discussing it. And so perhaps what we can do is entertain. Um, Before we do that, we'll go to public comment, but we'll entertain a continuance to the call of the chair. So why don't we open this item up for public comment? Supervisor Campos?
3: Thank thank you, Madam Chair. I just wanted to say that I I think it makes sense to continue this until Supervisor Ellespring can be present, and I know that uh, he would be here if he could. And I know that there are a number of people who are here to speak on this item, but uh, I think out of courtesy to Supervisor Ellespring we should continue this.
4: Thank you so we have a a continuance that we're entertaining but i would like to open it up for public comment i believe that we will have this item come before this committee again um, but there will be opportunity at that time for public comment but if folks have made the trip out here anyway to speak i'd like to offer you the opportunity to speak so are there any members of the public who wish to speak on this item at this moment any members of the public who wish to speak on this item
6: Hi, I'm Jaren uh, from Power, and uh, out of respect, we're also going to, we have a lot of folks that are here, we have some video presentation stuff. We're really looking forward to the conversation. Um, As you know, there's thousands of young people who've been working with Supervisor Campos, many on the board with, Director Riskin and the Board of the MTA um, to try to address the the needs of low-income youth in access to public transportation. We're really excited about that, and we're excited about the broader question about what we can do um, to really increase resources for public transit around our climate needs, around our needs for equity for low-income families, and around our environmental needs for the city. And that's really what we're excited to kind of be partnering with you all around and talking more about. Um, So we look forward to when this next conversation happens, and also to sort of catching you all around uh, before the next uh, budget upcoming budget discussions that are happening at the MTA on March 6th. Thank you. Thank you. Are there other members of the public
4: who wish to speak at this time? Seeing none, public comment is closed. And just a quick question for the director, in terms of timeline, what do we expect uh, for your budget presentations? I know you're doing a number of town halls out in the community um, to talk about uh, Muni's ongoing larger picture issues. You also have actions that will be coming before your board in addition to items uh, at the Board of Supervisors. So just in terms of timeline, uh, can you let us know a little bit about that?
7: Sure. So the the timeline is March 6th, the, the next MTA board meeting, we will have a public hearing on fares, fees, and fines, including all of the items that are, that are in this presentation, uh, we're not. Uh, you'll, the later part, the latter part of the presentation has a, a number of slides on p- possible revenue measures. At this point, we're not recommending any of them per se, but we will be holding a public hearing at the MTA Board on March 6 to hear public comment and feedback uh, on all of those ideas. We'll, as you mentioned, be doing a series of town hall meetings in the month of March. I think we have five of them currently scheduled where we'll be also uh, taking something similar to this information out to the public and soliciting feedback. We will then be bringing our our first proposed budget to the MTA board on April 3rd. And uh, we have a deadline to get the proposed budget to City Hall by May 1st. So if on April 3rd we don't get consensus on the budget, we would have a second crack at it on April 17th. So possibly the budget will be voted on on April 3rd. If not, at the latest it would be April 17th before it comes, is transmitted to City Hall for the May 1st deadline. And in the meantime, I believe we're scheduled for your budget committee on April 18th.
4: Okay. Thank you. So March 6th is the first uh, public hearing at your MTA board. There'll be a series of town halls in March. And then, as you mentioned, you may have action at the MTA board as early as April 3rd or 17th.
7: That's correct.
4: Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Uh, Colleagues, so given that we have uh, heard from the director and uh, we would like to defer the item to the sponsor when the sponsor is available, uh, why don't we entertain a motion to continue it to the call of the chair? We've got a motion to continue this item to the call of the chair, and we'll do that without objection. Thank you. Thank you. Madam Clerk, are there any other items before us? No, Madam Chair. Thank you. We are adjourned.